Welcome in to the Fantasy Football Fathers Podcast. Well, only one of us is an actual father, that is I, and two, none of us are priests. Oh, God, I almost put my beard. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my name's James Dreer. I'm joined here by Tyler Big Herbie Herbach. Uh, not the high one. <laughs> wow, <laughs> dude. Oh, God damn it. Oh, shit. And Trey, stinky, as in smells bad, fingers. <laughs> <laughs> Jose. Hi. <laughs> what the fuck, dude? <laughs> oh, oh, God damn. I work with people that listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> like, they actually care? Vitamins, people. Sometimes uh, vitamins, a lot of vitamin vitamins. D. Yeah, you got to eat them. It was cloudy I, I today. I did something with them. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did something with them. And uh. I took a lot of vitamins. So, uh, welcome to the show at the FF Fathers on the X. <laughs> <laughs> and the new form, tw- you mean form, the new Twitter? Yeah, formerly the known I- as Twitter. Um, oh God. That's where we post <laughs> all of our stuff. So if you haven't followed us on there, do so now. Um, thank you for tuning in to the show. We're super excited. Another evening of beers and fantasy football. And the drafts are approaching quickly, so you need to be prepared. That's why today we're going over some overvalued and undervalued picks in our opinions. Super, super valuable opinions. Um, so yeah, pretty much picking a player at each position that's overvalued and undervalued in drafts and going over that list. Hey, can I say something? You certainly can. We just spent our last weekend without football. Oh, yeah, we did. Well, it's not even true because there was a game on Thursday night. Yeah, I, I talk about the weekend though. Yeah. Yeah. So it's the last weekend we'll have to spend until February. Without football. Hallelujah. We made it to the dark days. Hallelujah. The sun has risen. He has risen. For sure. Uh, Super (laughs) exciting. (laughs) That's super exciting times. Um, So if you can, like, subscribe, um, and follow on Twitter. Five stars. Let's get into really the only piece of news uh, on the docket. Outside of how to spell Pondere, we have uh, <laughs> <laughs> Alvin Kamara. Actually, trivia question. Put it up on Twitter. Anybody can tell us how to spell Pondere, and as in Pondere Lake in Idaho, hit us on Twitter. If you spell it right, you get a shout out because we don't have any money. <laughs> <laughs> we do, but we ain't going to give it to you. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, no. I was going to offer like beer or something. I don't know how that works. a six pack. I will Venmo you $10 if you send Pondere on Twitter, correctly spelled. How much weed can that buy, Trey? $10? <laughs> I'm just kidding. What are you talking? How many vitamins? I mean, oh, yeah, vitamins? Yeah, like yeah. two of them. Yeah. Two, two good vitamins that were grown well and... Perfectly good, harvested. Dried, you know, the good vitamins. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Yeah, back to the news. Uh, Alvin Kamara 
he's going to be suspended officially for three games to start the season. Uh, this is a guy that made one of our lists for the upcoming segment. I won't tell you which overvalue or undervalue, but three games to start the season, you know, not as bad as what was initially being said, like the six game kind of range, but still three games and, um, you know, the beginning of a fantasy football season is super important. So significant, I think, in terms of now the situation with Kendra Miller and Jamal Williams there. No, absolutely. I mean, three games is great in terms of fantasy purposes because we all were expecting six. So uh, for whatever reason, they went a little light on him compared to what they've been doing in the past. But, you know, you want to get off to a hot start in fantasy. I mean, I would much rather start off 3-0 and four, or 4-0 than have a mid-season slide to get pick it back up than having to really fight and claw to get into the playoffs. So it's a big deal. Yeah, that's, that's a great point. And one of the guys I want to talk about is uh, on my overvalued list because he's not going to be there for the first couple of games of the season also. So, I mean, th- those games are very crucial. And... Do you guys have anything else to say about that? Because uh, I mean, outside of they were also uh, they had Kareem Hunt in on a visit. Uh, that was reported today that Kareem Hunt made a visit to the New Orleans Saints. So, but I mean, who else is on their roster though? I was looking it up. Um, Kendrick Miller, Jamal Williams. Yeah, so uh, pretty deep, and I mean, honestly, if Alvin's not there, that that backfield becomes a total clusterfuck. Yeah. yeah, you're not gonna know who to start any week. Bunch of talented guys. We all like Kendra Miller. He was in our, I think, all of our top five list. Please, no, like, not mine. Not yours. Okay. Not mine. Yeah, but you're wrong. Yeah. Um, he, I don't think he was in yours either. Get out of here. I think he was, and um, I think he was. <laughs> we have receipts. We can go look that up. Yeah, we have receipts. We're not gonna pull those up though because we're not like paper pushers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> whatever. But. Uh, Real quick, though, I just want to say Marlon Mack, signed by the Cardinals. He was. Shout out, sleeper. Going crazy for that news. Dude, honestly, wouldn't it be wild? What's crazy? I mean, let me ask you this. How does this affect Marlon Mack? Dude. I mean, really? I know it's a joke, but he's 27 years old. Yeah. Yo. And that backfield is. Pretty much garbage behind James Conner. Yeah, I mean, he should be able to make the team. There's not a whole lot of competition behind James Conner. He's RB2. Yeah. If he's healthy, who knows? So we haven't actually fucking seen him. We have not. Is he alive? Well, I mean, he just got signed, so I think he's alive. (laughs) (laughs) No one's seen him. He's signing contracts from the grave. He's going to get a shot. We'll see, I guess, if he makes the team. Um, I don't know. I, I'm not too optimistic about the Arizona Cardinals offense this year. I don't think Kyler's going to play for a while. So Dude, whatever happened to Tyrell Williams? Is he alive? He's MIA. He got a concussion, got signed by the Lions, and we haven't seen him since. Is he yeah. in a trap house in Detroit just smoking crack? And it's been like three years now. No one's checking on him. I mean, that's not your responsibility. It is my responsibility. I ask <laughs> every season. Where is he? Put it out. We need an MIP 
The Colts or also signed your boy, MIA. Kenyon Drake. Who to, did? To the Colts. Colts did. Yeah, that was my boy two years ago. Mm-mm. Yeah. It's like I a mean, bad relationship. I and, look back yeah, on that. I'm like, nah. That's really just a preseason signing, though. I mean, they're obviously, those whole controversies over Jonathan Taylor, they also lost Eno Benjamin to an injury. So right now on the roster, they have Zach Moss and. Uh, oh, God. Who's the young kid who came on last year? It was pretty good for him. Oh, I know who you're talking about, but I don't know right now. I'll just say this. Unless injuries happen, it has to be multiple injuries because Zach Moss has to also be injured because Zach Moss will probably take carries over him. Zach Moss broke his arm. Zach Moss is hurt, too. Um, What the fuck? This is why we don't draft this early. (laughs) (laughs) Motherfucker broke his arm in practice? It's Deion Jackson. Yeah. Deion Deion Jackson. Jackson. Pretty good runner, not a receiver, right? If I remember right. I mean, he might have to be if they don't. It's either one way or the other. He was very one-sided. <laughs> it's one way or the other. I mean, he only played in. He played in all sixteen games, but he only started in a couple. He did have thirty catches though, so actually not bad. Thirty oh. catches on thirty-four targets is pretty dang good, actually. Col- okay, so Colts are in a bit of turmoil right now. They suck dick. I'm They're not seeing suck a bright year. future for no. the Colts. I mean, this for this year right now. They're gonna be pretty bad. Uh, Elijah Mitchell had his 108th injury so far in his career. <laughs> He's going to miss seven to ten days. Oh, it was okay. an abductor strain. Well, we have those like training camp injuries that are like very minor. Usually, and usually when people get hurt in training camp, especially they know you're going to be part of the team, they take it extremely slow. They don't want you to re-aggravate it in the preseason when nothing matters. Right, which is what you should do, but... We've been playing this game for a long time, man. All this training camp news, guys getting with minor injuries, that shit don't matter. Kind of interesting. Oh, this guy's getting more snaps, blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, anyways, it uh, shit don't matter. I was just going to move on. Yeah, kind of interesting <laughs> piece of news here. Sean Payton saying he expects Javante Williams to play in the preseason. Uh, maybe not until the second game, but I don't know. It yeah. was a question mark of whether or not he was even going to be back in time for week one, and now he's – I don't know, expecting oh, no. him to play preseason? In the last month or so, it's been expected for him to start week one. Yeah, but that is surprising yeah. based off the injury he had last year because um, it was a pretty rough injury. Even then, though, I feel like they are going to bring him in slowly. They have a very capable backup in Samaj P. Ryan that they signed this offseason. So I think you're going to see a pretty split backfield, especially early in the season. Maybe Javante, once he gets healthy, starts to change that. But I think you know, the first few weeks, you're definitely going to see a split backfield. Yeah, I, I think he'll definitely change it, but that's probably what's going to happen. But for the love of God, can we have an RB1 just to hold on to you for a second? I wonder if Samaje is going to play preseason. Oh, definitely. New team. He, he's getting in at least like week two, probably playing 30% of the snaps. Like He's going to get time. They got to see what it is. He's not. He hasn't been part of the team before. Yeah. That's how it always goes. All right. That's pretty much all the news for now. Yeah, just real quick, since we did have at least – we've had one preseason game so far. We had a Hall of Fame game last Thursday. Do you guys watch game at all? No. Uh, yes, I did. Yeah. So there's a couple guys that really stood out to me. Um, Demetric Felton for the Browns, the backup to Nick Chubb, looked really good. I know he's playing against twos and threes. 
because the Hall of Fame game for those two teams are actually an extra preseason game, so they actually still get three more games to actually mm-hmm. put the roster together. But Demetri Felton looked really, really good. He had some moments last year, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He did. So, I mean, oh. he's clearly the RB2 behind Nick Chubb. And I know they're talking about being, Nick Chubb being more involved in the passing game, but I think if Demetri Felton continues to look good in the preseason, you could see him working into the into the regular season game plan pretty early. Um Second guy who's making a lot of noise in practice for the Jets is Jason Brownlee, the receiver. Uh, he's a late-round draft pick, but he's looking really good, making a lot of crazy catches in practice, looked good in the game. It kind of sounds like there's a good chance that Corey Davis gets cut to save the team roster, uh, salary cap, and then Jason Br- Brownlee would be taking his place. Yeah. I've been wondering what they're going to do with Corey Davis because I don't think he's going to play. So. so that would put Jason Brownlee in the flex? Wise over three. I, don't, I mean, okay, but you also have oh. you have the holdovers that or the not holdovers, the people that came back for, with Aaron Rodgers from the Packers to the Jets. You have Lazard, Lazard there. Cobb's not being much of a deal, but Lazard's a big deal there. So I mean, you have Lazard and Wilson. Um, yeah, so one and two. Lazard's on a slot There's somebody guy. I'm missing there. I mean, there's Randall Cobb. I, I'm not seeing it on this list. I'm looking at it right now. Um, I don't think there is anyone else. Yeah, I mean, whether or not he'd be fantasy relevant is, I don't know. It's hard to say. But they are going to need someone else to step up, whether it's Lazard or whoever. I mean. If it's not Lazard, it's got to be a wide receiver three, which if your prediction is correct, Brownlee's going to be that I mean, we already know Rodgers trusts Lazard. He has that built-in trust from from the years past. So Lazard's going to get his. Obviously, Garrett Wilson's going to be a stud. Um and it kind of does seem like Brownlee could be on the fantasy radar earlier in the season, depending on how well this offense clicks. It's the first time I heard of this guy, so this is interesting. Yeah, he made a nice catch in training camp, wasn't that? The video that was circulating. Uh, yeah, he made, this, he made this crazy one, one-hand one catch. And granted, if you do look at the video, it wasn't necessary to go up one hand. He could have caught it with two, but he decided to go with one, so... I'm not doing it. I'm not buying any training camp shit. If you have other... <laughs> I mean, he's, go- he's more than likely going to be the wide receiver three there. I think he'll probably pretty easily beat out Randall Cobb for playing time. I can see it with the, with this lineup that I'm seeing right now. Like, I mean, Randall Cobb is like, that's just Aaron Rodgers' old homie. He's just like, oh, yeah, come through, dog. Like, hang out. Get your money. Yeah. I'll throw and you like five touchdowns this year. People do it's like, like people do, they like his locker room presence as well. He's a good leader. Yeah, and that's what it is. It's like a veteran presence. Yeah. And he will contribute in certain ways, but you're not going to rely on him game plan-wise. He's just going to slip in when yeah. possible. Yeah, interesting. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of things to figure out with the Jets' situation uh, as we approach the season. Whispers of Dalvin Cook getting signed there. Was that practice visiting? I mean, they have Michael Carter, who's whatever, and they have the rookie – out about a Kadanda. Um, <laughs> they also have Zon- uh, they also have Zonda Knight Kabanya. from last year, who was great when he got a chance to start. Yeah, and then Brees Hall it looks like he actually could be ready week one. Be then like they don't even I don't Dalvin Cook signing there just doesn't make a lot of sense in terms of like what the Jets could use. It doesn't, but I could see them taking the approach, the Rams approach of. I mean, they're in win now to win a Super Bowl, right? And just well, sign everyone. That's like know? the NFL approach. So I was like, oh yeah, we got like a good running back room. We're just gonna sign another one. They got money to play with. We're now. gonna use fucking three or four of them. Yeah, yeah. 
Rodgers gave shit. him $35 million to play with. So, Wait, what? Because Rodgers signed a new contract and took a $35 million discount over the next two years. So that so, they'd have more cap room for the to, Jets. Yeah. yeah. Weird. <laughs> I'm telling you, if he wins anything for the Jets, he's going to be memorialized. Like, oh, a New York absolutely. Legend. I mean, the Jets literally have a single great memory in their entire history. It's Joe Namath running out the field with that one finger up after oh, really? they won the Super Bowl. That's their one thing in their entire fucking history. Well, that was a time when you're just like, I just want to. I, I mean, want to. Man, love you, Susie, or whatever the fuck he said. <laughs> yeah, I mean, also you can immortal- you can immortalize the butt fumble if you want as well. Yeah, they they have that good moment you're talking about the butt fumble in that time when he's on the sideline all drunk. Just, I just want to make love you, Susie. <laughs> yeah, that's is the- that what he said? Right, that's what some along those lines. Yeah, so the basically pen. he was trying to fuck. Yeah, but I mean that's Joe Namath. In his fur jacket? Yeah. Let's I mean, he, he hasn't changed. Like, he's true and true. Like, he, he is who he, who he is, and he accepts it. Okay. Yeah, let's be honest. Susie probably fucked. <laughs> probably. Who says no to Joe, you know? Can't say no to Joe. It's a New York motto, baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, let's move on into our main juice here. The undervalued and overvalued players we have chosen. So what are we doing? Are we going like all overvalued then undervalued? How are we doing it? Let's yeah, go. Let's go way. by position. I feel like that would be a little more makes sense. So, so like he's gonna do his overvalued and undervalued, and then no, we'll let's go our all of our overvalues and then our undervalues. Okay, yeah, let's do that. Aye aye, sir. Um, aye, we aye, probably aye, should have discussed that before the episode started. <laughs> <laughs> a little behind the scenes action. Yeah, on how we decide things and how easily it happens. <laughs> We're flying by the seat of our pants, baby. Um, okay, I guess I'll kick us off here with the overvalued quarterbacks. And this guy I think is still going to be great, um, still going to have you know, a, a good fantasy year and probably finish you know, uh, somewhere high on the list of quarterbacks. But I still think at this point he's a bit of a risk, and I just don't think it's a smart – draft picked and that's why Joe Burrow I think is my overvalued quarterback right now I just think he's being drafted as absolute ceiling and um, there's just too many guys around you know that fourth round draft pick that I like more um, to build like the foundation of your team Um, in fact you know if I'm choosing a quarterback in the fourth or fifth like I usually like to wait till the fifth and get one of the Justins, either Fields or Herbert, because I still I think they'll both they both have just as good of a shot of finishing top five as as Joe Burrow, and you're getting him around later. So, um, yeah, to me, he just he's at his absolute ceiling right now. You know where he's being drafted is where he finished essentially is the QB four last year, but without any running ability in fantasy football, it, it definitely limits you now he's an absolute you know stud elite quarterback but still he's got to throw a lot of fucking touchdowns so yeah and honestly i'll back that and one of the reasons i do is because as much as they put into the offensive line last year and they did again this offseason he was still sacked 41 times last season was one of the worst numbers in the league when you're getting hit that many times 
like injuries can happen. Like freak things can happen the same way it happened in his rookie year when he's towards ACL. Um, that's what that's worrisome. And obviously you don't want to be drafting with the thought of injury in mind, but when you're taking a quarterback that high, I think that needs to be something you do consider. Right. Yeah. And those injuries, you know, it takes a toll on the body getting hit that much. You know, we hit, we already saw him have a non-contact injury in training camp that was pretty scary that everyone thought might have been Achilles. It wasn't. I think it was just a calf strain, but yeah. still, it's like, you know, he's taken a lot of hits over the last two years, so it's going to start to catch up. So you're taking Justin Herbert and Justin Fields above him? Not necessarily above him because he's always drafted by the time you're picking Fields or, or, uh, or Justin Herbert. Really, you're taking another, like, solid wide receiver or running back that you like. I mean, well, I'm both, just saying, like, ADP-wise. ADP-wise, I mean. That's what I'm saying. Herbert and Fields are both going about a round later. So you'd be taking, like, DK Metcalf or, you know, his wide receiver two, T. Higgins or Brees Hall or Jameer Gibbs instead of Joe Burrow. Oh, yeah, what I'm getting at is, like, the quarterbacks are still available after that. So it's like, you know, Fields, Lawrence, what about like Deshaun Watson or Lawrence? Trevor For me, Lawrence. I, I really like Fields. I think Fields yeah. is has a really good chance of jumping up into that like elite territory because just because of his ability to run, you know what I mean? Like we saw Jalen Hurts do it last year. If he can just improve a little bit in the passing game, which he's got the weapons now, supposedly in DJ Moore, it's you know, hopefully he can yeah. be a guy and you know, so I really like Fields. And on top of that, too, I mean, I know we've all been components of, like, the QB, like, lineup is so close when it comes to how the yearly finish has happened that it's okay waiting. Um, it's changed a little bit because, like, guys like Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen have are on literally on another tier. Yeah. And so I think if you go – if you decide to take Mahomes or Allen in the second round, I'm okay with that at this point. But after that, I'm still going to – wait uh probably three or four more rounds before i'm even looking at quarterback and it happens to be like a burrow or herbert fields jackson trevor lawrence that falls me in like the sixth or seventh round i'd be stoked on that but i'm not gonna sell out to pick up one of those guys in the third or fourth round yeah oh yeah that's all day i feel like i've been like that from the get-go exactly and like you said yeah for the most part all of us are like that and there's some good guys available like later in the rounds like we'll talk about them later but yeah are undervalued guys for sure. Yeah, I think guys that will finish with a similar point mm-hmm. performances, way better value. Oh, who's your uh, overvalued quarterback there, Trey? Okay, so this one is one that I might have like reached on, but even though it's he's quarterback sixteen, okay, Anthony Richardson, rookie quarterback, going to the Colts, bad offense last year he was fucking horrible as far as completion percentage goes in college his like raw profile all that stuff his skill set his size he's someone that's interesting in the future but even then like if you think about like josh allen he still wasn't like a starting quarterback in his like rookie year he's like a borderline one right so people hope that anthony richardson will, like will be like that i just don't think it's going to happen in like year one so if you're like me and you just tank quarterback if you can't get, you know, Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen, and I'll wait. I'll wait till you know, we're talking guys like Aaron Rodgers, Kirk Cousins, like that area. I will wait until that point. But I'm not going to wait for Anthony Richardson. 
that's not happening for me. I think he's overvalued. Not much is going to happen for him in his rookie year. It's basically just that. The only reason he could have a great year is if he has a year like Justin Fields, which is mostly like a run-based thing. But at that point, we're assuming Jonathan Taylor stays healthy the entire year, which is what their entire offense is based on. I just don't see it happening. And, you know, that is fair. Um, Because realistically for him to have, like, a fantasy season that's worth him being in your starting lineup, he needs to probably run for a thousand yards. Yep. Yeah, exactly. That's why I said like the Justin Field thing because yeah. it's like because it's not going to happen through the air. I just there's no way. Fifty four percent completion percentage in his senior year, playing for a somewhat top tier SEC team in Florida. Like, yeah, and there are stats to show that like that's a little like um. To show that like it, that wasn't as accurate as it could be because the Gators were also in the bottom like ten to twenty teams in drops, and if and if you redid the math on that, if you had them at an average drop rate instead of being one of the worst in the country, his completion percentage actually would have jumped over to like to like sixty or sixty one percent, which is actually exactly where Josh Allen was when he left Wyoming. Oh, that's a good counter. Shit. Just pulling that out of your sleeve. Oh, yeah, good point, but fuck you. <laughs> I, would, I would say, like, where he's mostly, I guess, being overvalued. I don't know so much in, like, one quarterback leagues, but in super flex, you know, like, I've done some best ball super flex drafts, and there are usually there's one person that drafts Anthony Richardson as, like, their quarterback two, which would be your super flex spot. And you're basically banking on him, you know, figuring it out year one with a totally new offense, new head coach, new everything, and maybe not Jonathan Taylor. And so it's definitely risky. And I I wouldn't recommend drafting him as a starting asset in any league. But include, I get what you're doing. You're shooting for the upside. But in Superflex, like that second quarterback is super valuable. So – that's where I can see him being overvalued. Yeah, for sure. Um, my overvalued quarterback, actually, somebody Trey mentioned earlier, is Deshaun Watson. Uh, he's yeah. going at right now. He's going as a QB nine overall. Uh, that's or I'm sorry, QB nine overall is eighty two. It's like the back end of round six if you're in a twelve team league. Um, and we all know, like back when Deshaun Watson was in Houston, I mean, he was a fancy stud he was a darling i mean he his final year starting there he was very much in the mvp conversation um and then he had this crazy long suspension as we all know why he played in only last in six games last year the last six of the season he had a qpr of 38.3 that's god awful his lowest career uh, his career low up to that point was 61.8 i mean he was not even a fraction of himself at that point. It, it was bad. Um, and in those six starts, he only averaged 14.9 fantasy points per game. Over the course of the full season, that'd be QB 13. I do expect him to be better this year with a full off season of actually being able to get into NFL shape and you know preparing better than he could have in in the last offseason where he, you know couldn't even start for the first 12 games of the season. But the fact that he's being drafted over guys like Tua, Aaron Rodgers, Dak Prescott, and Kirk Cousins, like that just doesn't make any sense to me with the guys who have, in, you know, just last season, and it, Dak Prescott might be a caveat to that, but guys all last season had really had good years or the year before, like for Aaron Rodgers, back to back MVPs, right? 
So I don't think there's any reason for reaching for Sean Watts when you guys have when you have established success already available there with other guys. Oh yeah, I'm totally with you. Uh, to me, he's like one of the most volatile picks because what if he does like return to that status he had with yeah, the Texans? It's a complete risk. But the, he's a guy like in a like James was t- saying earlier, like in a super flex league, that's a guy I would consider as my QB two. Oh, I yeah. would strongly consider him there, but in a standard one QB redraft league, there's no way I'm taking him in the sixth round. That's crazy. Yeah, and that's how I feel. Unless like I'm feeling really risky and I'm punting quarterback, which I probably am because I always do every single draft. Uh, you made a good point. Like you know, Tua, Aaron Rodgers, Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins, all available in that area. And later, they're all going more like eight to ten rounds. So like, why waste a why waste a pick in the sixth round? Who's probably gonna be somebody that does actually add value to your team on a weekly, maybe not on a weekly basis, but probably half the year in terms yeah. of like your flex spot. That instead of and instead you're taking Watson, who may or may not be good this year. We have no idea. Yeah, it's a total risk reward thing because he might finish so much better than these guys. But like Kirk Cousins, we talked about it for fucking three years now. Super consistent. Yeah. That guy always finishes around the top twelve, worthy of being your starting quarterback. Tua's got good value. Um, Aaron Rodgers, we've seen what he can do. We'll see what happens on the new team. So yeah, it's it's a risk risky play, man. You're either gonna go for like go for gold or just like stay with uh, someone who's consistent. Yeah, it's a risky play. All right, um, I'll go with my undervalued uh, quarterback here in Danny Dimes at the QB 14, 108 overall. I just think uh, Danny Dimes is being undervalued a little bit. We're seeing, you know, quarterbacks who can run be so valuable in fantasy football. In my opinion, when you watch the tape and and I think look at the numbers, you know, overall the New York Giants offense is most explosive when Danny Dimes is running the football and part of their yep. running game. Hey, and just it, watch out for that turf monster, okay? <laughs> yeah, watch out for the turf monster. Keep them knees up. But um, I think Dayball knows that. You know, I think they understand that, you know, he's most threatening when he does run the ball or at least have that threat of running the ball. And, um, you know, he signed his big contract. He's got his guaranteed money. There's no longer that, that you know, always that worry of, like, getting hit and getting hurt and not getting your second contract. Like, that's that's up and out of the way now. So you can really just go out there and play. Um Finally has an elite weapon in Darren Waller, who is getting praised in training camp reports. And it's, you know, they're saying there's a connection there. He's basically the wide receiver one. So I think Dayball puts together a really creative offense, and I think um, Danny Dimes running is going to be a part of that. This is a guy that in those super flex leagues that I've loved drafting as my QB2, uh, it gives you i think the opportunity to wait on your qb2 a little bit and select some of those guys that fall because in the super flex drafts you know running backs and receivers fall later than they would normally because everyone's drafting quarterbacks so he's a guy that i see that you can get your your number one stud quarterback and then draft a few other stud you know running backs and receivers and then pick up danny dimes as your qb2 so um, i love that about him um you know, he's got some new weapons outside of Darren Waller, too. Jalen Hyatt. I don't know if you guys saw that film of him running in training camp, but it looked like it was fast-forwarded. 
I shit you not. It's on Twitter or X. You can uh, <laughs> Twitter X, <laughs> Twitter triple X, um, whatever it is. You can look it up. It's probably the first thing that'll pop up. But he uh, beat Tyreek Hill's training camp record of uh, miles per hour, which was incredibly fast. Uh, I forget how fast, but really fast. I mean, it had been close to like twenty-four miles an hour then. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. it was twenty-four. Um, that's stupid. And another um, guy I like that's kind of a late round draft pick is Isaiah Hodges. Um, they re-signed him. He's six foot three, two hundred and something pounds, like two hundred five. Uh, he's the only receiver they have that's above six foot. <laughs> I'm pretty sure, and not <laughs> considered a slot receiver. And he had a really nice finish to the year and last year. Doesn't so. have an insane injury history like Darius Slayton or right. young guys six three, two hundred five. Uh, Sterling Tony. Tony's in Kansas City. Mm, yeah. Living <laughs> in the past. No, there's, like, there's a million different guys. Yeah, there. Sterling Sharp, same thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, Sterling Sharp, when Paris he's healthy. Uh, no, it's not Sterling Sharp, first of all. It's uh, Sterling Shepard. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, Sharp. I'm sorry. He's a Hall of Famer. I'm oh, sorry, he right. made a comeback yeah. at 60. <laughs> no, but yeah, Sterling Shepard, like, he's one of those guys. He is so good when he's on the field, but he's just never on the damn field. If you have, if you can add a guy like that to Daniel Jones's targets, Jones will have a big year. And I don't think you need him to run as much as he did last year. He had seven hundred yards rushing last year. I don't think and seven rushing touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, if he gets to five hundred rushing y- yards and like four or five touchdowns, he's still going to have a crazy year because I expect his passing yards to go up and his passing touchdowns to go up. Hopefully, sure. God willing. Yeah, I mean, if he if you do punt quarterback, you know, in a let's say a one quarterback league. Um, and you don't get one of those difference makers at the top end of the draft, you know, I'm okay with, hey, let's throw in a guy that can, you know, on any given weekend run for 100 yards at the quarterback position. So that's my undervalued quarterback. Yeah. And there, w- there was a point where they, they caught him running like, what was like 22, 23 miles an hour, Daniel Jones? Yeah. Really? On one of those breakaways Damn. where he I think it was didn't that score big. a touchdown. Was that when yeah. the turf monster got him? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. He got sniped from a distance. See, so really when he's he needs to take that back to about 21 miles an hour so he doesn't just fall on his face. Exactly. Good Shout goodness. out to Aaron, uh, someone we grew up with who would break out for touchdowns and then fall for no reason. Um, <laughs> so yeah, uh, my underrated quarterback... Uh, my undervalued quarterback. So, I mean, Derek Carr, what do you know? Big surprise. Been about him for years. I'm not going off of it now because now he's on the New Orleans Saints. It, and is, it I, is fair, though. He's being drafted so damn low. Is it, is it not disrespectful? It's crazy. Yeah, it is. I, I was looking at it. I'm like, oh, this is crazy. So, he's being drafted at quarterback 23, number 146 overall. So many people in front of him. He's proven – time and time again to like not really be a top 10 guy but he flirts with it and now he's in a new system with one of the better skill sets that he's had in his career and uh the Raiders organization even though I'm a fan of them honestly has been garbage during his career so it's been holding him back I think he's a hidden gem he's always played with one of the worst defenses just constant coaching carousel now he goes to the Saints which is like a very solid um, uh, consistent organization, basically, and um, I, honestly, I think that's all the factors that will put him into like at least being close to top twelve. He's being super undervalued, 
And his starting tight end is probably going to be Foster Moreau, who he played with on the Raiders. It hasn't happened yet. Jawan Johnson right now is the tight end one. I don't see that happening. Foster Moreau is going to be his guy. They like to run the ball. Foster Moreau, run blocks. He'll have a good security blanket and a familiar face in Foster Moreau. He's also got Chris Olave, Michael Thomas. If he does stay healthy, which he fucking won't, but when he does, the <laughs> offense is going to be fucking nasty. Okay? So, yeah, Derek Carr, that's my guy, undervalued quarterback. What do you What do you got there? No, I completely agree with that. I mean, going QB 23 is insane. Like, is he not – Is he? he's not really a top 12 guy. We've, we thought that was going to happen last year. It didn't. Um, but he's for sure a top 15 guy, so it's certainly a guy that you can throw into your lineup based off matchups. Um, so him going QB 23 is, is stupid, honestly. It doesn't make any sense, especially behind guys – a bunch of rookies like there's Bryce Young. Um, you already talked about Anthony Richardson. Anthony Richardson, and then but you also have you know Matthew Stafford. We have no idea who's gonna look like this year after his neck injury last year. Um, you mean Jimmy Garoppolo 2.0. Yeah. Uh, then you have you know you have hopefully Brock Purdy plays well this year, but we don't know for sure if he can keep that going. Uh, Who knows even going to start for them? Trey Lance is still there. Purdy looks like he's gonna be ready to go week one. They say that it's his job if he's healthy. So. I hope he is that guy, but who knows? Yeah. So, no, I just, again, QB 23 is disrespectful for Derek Carr. He's well, shown way too much to be drafted that low. Let me just say this. You think he should be drafted over who you're about to talk about, who is quarterback 17? I'm not going to no. drop the name yet. No. Not you don't all. think so? Hell no. Oh, my God. Dude, we have. Why do you think I toast him as my undervalued quarterback? Are you serious? <laughs> yes. Okay, let me hear it then. Okay, are you I, serious? My undervalued quarterback is Jared, is Jared Goff. He's going QB 17. It's the back end of round nine. He finishes the QB 10 last season in his very first year in a brand new offense. And is now being drafted like he shouldn't even be near your roster, right? Why the, that, makes no, that makes zero sense to me. On paper, they've offense have improved their offense. Not to mention getting another offseason to add wrinkles to the offense, make things open up a little bit more. I mean, and realistically, unless the clock strikes midnight and Goff turns into a pumpkin, there's no reason to see a huge fall off this year. I think he's still going to be a top 12 quarterback. And he's going as QB 17. What does that mean, turn into a pumpkin at midnight? Cinderella? What? You're shitting me. <laughs> I thought it was just like the extra shoe that old girl lost. No, like the clock strike 12, she had to be home because then her carriage would turn back into a pumpkin. She was a pumpkin? No, the carriage was that got her there. Oh, Okay. <laughs> I swear I All right. <laughs> a little off the rails here. I've never heard no one not understand that reference. I'm so confused now. Jerk no, off. there's a creepy bitch with like an apple, right? And then she's that's she Snow lost her White. shoe. That's Snow White. Okay, whatever. Disney movies. <laughs> then there's that guy who thinks he's from space, but Snow like White. what? Remakes come out. <laughs> so yes, Jared Goff is way undervalued. He was Again, unless he takes a major drop back, which I don't see happening with the weapons he has and, a new, and another season or another offseason under his belt in the same in the same offense, the offensive coordinator was getting off was getting head coaching uh, yeah. job offers and chose to stay because he wanted to keep going with the Lions. I would take Goff over Carr for sure. Wow. Yes, we're not all okay. Homers, unfortunately. You've seen. You haven't seen what I see. Don't worry, he has more to come. I'm sure. I'm sure he does. I have more to come. I'm looking at your overvalued players list right now, and it's 
It's breaking my heart. Yeah, it it will at the end of the year when you fucking lose. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um let's move on. Where are we at? Running backs. Running backs. My overvalued running back is Alvin Kamara. Um I mean, we already covered it in the news. He's gonna be out for the first three weeks. That's shitty. For the start of your fantasy um draft, he's going uh, really high still, and um, I'm gonna find that. <laughs> and I, I, I want to do something I should have done. I thought I had it written down, but I did not. Anyways, um, he's still going. Fuck! I can't even find him on this RB RB twenty four. So he's still being drafted as an RB two. I don't. I I just think he's being overvalued. 28 years old, the efficiency has kind of fallen off a cliff um, from his yesteryears, the the golden days uh, with Drew Brees. And, you know, when in those four years with Brees, he averaged uh, 80 receptions a year. Um, That's pretty much been cut in half the last two years. Um, Same with his targets. Uh, He's got new running backs in the mix this year with Jamal Williams, who we all saw score 18 rushing touchdowns um, at the goal line with the Lions last year, and rookie Kendra Miller, who I believe is really talented. I think the Saints believe that too. They literally drafted Kendra Miller without him working out um, because of injury. Typically when a guy is injured who's entering the draft, he plummets because he's not able to work out for anybody or go through the combine or do any of that. And most of the time they're, they plummet in the draft. He did not, they still drafted him on a day two pick. So obviously they believe in him as well. Um, I just think there's too many mouths to feed. I think Kamara has been bad. I think he was really bad last year. Um, and I'm just totally out on him. I don't, I don't want to draft him. So, the offense was bad because they didn't have a quarterback. Now they got Derek Carr, baby. Yeah, I mean he wasn't doesn't do it for me. Based off his <laughs> based off his ADP, he was bad last year. But he did still finish as the running back sixteen, so he was still an RB two. Yeah, which is hella valuable. I'm I'm just I'm not drafting. There's way too many question marks. You're missing the first three weeks of the season, and you're gonna spend a what fifth round draft pick on him. Yeah, and I'll give you that. Honestly, where he's going in terms, uh, we are talking about under and overvalued, right? So him going in the fifth round, still missing three games, that is the concern. Um, If he were to drop to like the seventh or eighth round, I think we're having a different story. But I think, but I think you are correct in terms of where he's being drafted at. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, and I'm mostly with you on that one. So can I just like put this knife in your fucking ribs right now with my (laughs) running back overvalued player? I'm pretty sure that's why you're mad about my overvalued overvalued players list. Well, that one and and the receiver and the and the, and the tight end. Yeah, I'm going hard. <laughs> I'm, go, I'm going wild. <clears throat> I'm going wild this episode. Home. So yeah, my overvalued running back is Jameer Gibbs, being drafted at running back 14, number 35 overall. So we're talking like mid, oh no, late third round, early fourth round, early 24. Yeah, something like that. And um, we all love this guy. He was in our top five, right? 
He was number two in our rookie rankings. He was yeah, right? number two, yeah. So we love Jameer Gibbs. But just like the curse of the fucking NFL, he is in a committee backfield. They have David Montgomery and their head coach, old fucking knee biter. What is his <laughs> name? I forgot. Dan Campbell. Dan, Dan Campbell. Campbell. There we go. Come on, man. The man that does his up downs with his team. Dan Up Down Campbell. <laughs> okay, has said publicly multiple times he wants like a two headed monster. And I read that and I cringe because I'm just like, God damn it, we can't have shit for fantasy. But I, I see it being, yeah, what what he's approaching is a two headed monster, even if he didn't actually say that. I already saw that from the get go. David Montgomery is going to get the majority carries in the beginning. If Jameer Gibbs proves himself, he can work himself into a 50 50 role. Maybe towards the end of the year, he might overcome David Montgomery. I just don't see it happening. And. I see a 50-50 thing going on between them. The issue is you're viewing Jameer Gibbs as like a traditional running back, like all these other guys. There's no way he's going to get like receiving reps with. A, no, they're going to play him. Gonna get they're going to play him in the slot reps. a lot. I, I honestly, I think the That's same. That's mostly thing. what he's going to get. Okay. His receiving reps. Oh, so with like um, Amon Ross, St. Brown, and DJ Shark, and like he's, Shark's not there anymore. He's in Carolina. God, I should just kill myself. <laughs> it's really just Amon Ra. That's the only guy there. Amon Ra is the only guy left. And you had Jameson, but he's suspended the first six weeks. Yeah. What did he do? He's bet on football games. Yeah. Look, I don't know for two weeks, okay? He wouldn't do something. <laughs> <laughs> Murder? <laughs> Murder who? Uh, yeah. I mean, look, I get, you know, it is a high draft investment, you know, from a fantasy perspective. Like, you're. You know, banking on this guy okay. being really good, but the upside to me is just—it's insane. Like, he's, let me double back though. Okay. Wait, finish what you're saying though. I was just saying, Sorry. like, I understand a little bit of what you're saying. You're spending a high draft pick on a rookie running back that's not proven anything in the league. But Wait, I just—you're doing think, the exact same thing with John Robinson, who's going in the first round. So yeah, but when you look at the list of running backs because that you. have been drafted in the top twelve, you say because of me. <laughs> They're all stars. Like they're all. It's like Todd Gurley when he blew up. It's all these like big name running backs. Like, but did they have guys to contend with though when they got drafted like Dave Montgomery? They might have. It's it's. But I think it's different. Like he's not just a running back. You know, like he's not just gonna be splitting snaps fifty fifty with David Montgomery or seventy thirty or however you want to look at it. Like it's he's playing a different position than David Montgomery. There's a good chance that like he still plays sixty or seventy percent of snaps and not the running back position. Bro, you said this about Aaron Jones last year. That was more off of this is what I would do if I was <laughs> coaching. Right. <laughs> but this is what's being reported already. The wide receiver room is not horrible though. They got Amon Ra, Marvin Jones, which is like not like an ideal number two, and they got Josh Reynolds, who had some good games last year. Yeah, but I mean None of those guys are guys. Like they view Jameer Gibbs as a elite difference maker, like an Almond Ross St. Brown, like who who can really make a play. The guy who's five nine. He's six foot. Hey, I mean, have you Jameer Gibbs? Oh, I thought you were talking about Almond No. The sun god. No, I would never disrespect him. You know, I'll praise to his family and everything, you know, praise be Allah or whatever. But like, <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're moving on. Uh, I'm getting into somebody's heaven. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, honestly, I, I, I do have to say, I think you're just 
straight wrong on Jameer Gibbs. Okay. Like, we, we, will like, we will see. We will see. We'll see. We'll see. Okay. Let's we'll keep see. it moving. That's the great thing about fantasy. You guys had good points. Honestly, I was taking risks with my overvalued because I was like. That's okay. The know. only thing I would say that's kind of crazy with Gibbs, his ADP has jumped like two rounds in the last month. No, it was super high. That's why I'm like, this has to be my yeah. guy. But he really jumped from the fifth to the third round in the blink of an eye. There are guys after him who are not like, um, they're not in such cloudy running back situations. And I'd rather have those guys. Who I think will get more touches more consistently. Well, good for you. You get to wait another round and draft those guys. Yeah, that's rounds. exactly what I'm going to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So going to my underval or overvalued running back is going to be Jonathan Taylor. Uh, he's going as RB five right now, twelfth overall. So he's a first round pick. I mean, we all know he had his struggles last year. It was rough. Uh, he had multiple injuries. He's dealing with terrible offense line play, and all he saw was eight men in the box because. They couldn't throw the ball, right? Um, and so, I obviously, I, th- I expect if he's healthy, he's going to have a better year than he did last year. But what did the Colts do in the offseason to improve what's going to happen running the ball? The offensive line's not any better, unless you're just looking for internal improvement. They drafted a rookie quarterback who is not much of a passer, as we've noted earlier, and is probably going to run the ball a lot. So they're still going to be looking at loaded boxes. As of right now, like every other running back in the league, Jonathan Taylor wants more money, and the Colts don't want to budge. They're like, we're not going to trade you. We're also not giving you more money, so deal with it. He was then put on the PUP list. Um, Management ownership has come out and said that because he hurt his back in offseason workouts, which Jonathan Taylor and his agent completely refute. Um, But unless something changes in the next three weeks before the season starts or four weeks before the season starts, there's a chance that John Taylor misses games. And if that is the case, he should not be going the first round. He's going ahead of guys that are have been uber consistent in their entire career, like Nick Chubb and Derrick Henry. And I and I will fully well where I've been saying that Derrick Henry's wheels will fall off for the last two and a half years. And it hasn't happened yet, but and that could still happen, but it just doesn't make any damn sense that Taylor's going ahead of these guys who are two of the most consistent running backs in fantasy football. What do you think happens if he actually gets traded? Then there's no I mean, fucking way. I don't think he gets traded, but it depends on where the team he goes to. Uh, there's so many variables to that; it's hard to say. You know, it's wild. I I can see him getting like traded for like a third round pick, just something disrespectful. Like we're so old school. It's just like, dude, what for for a running back? That's actually not disrespectful. In today's world, that's literally yeah. not disrespectful. That's about as good as you can fucking get. But is it not like the way we grew up? It's like, okay, this guy that finished like as a top five running back in the last two years, disregarding last year, so two of the last three years, it's like, oh, you, I'm giving up a third rounder. I'm like, what? Yeah. I think, you know, but in, like Tyler said, in the NFL world, uh, that's actually pretty good return as far as – for a running back. What round was Jonathan Taylor, Tyler? The only running back you're going to get anywhere near a first-round draft pick for would be, like, someone super elite. That's like McCaffrey. McCaffrey. Oh, CMC didn't even go for that. They got him for, like, next to nothing. Exactly. That's the thing is it's running backs. So. And so much of that it becomes down to because they don't want to pay people. Like, you know the most elite running backs you do have to pay. And some teams see the value in that. The Rams or the Rams. The 49ers clearly do because they are a running team. But so many teams just don't see the value in paying a running back anymore because there are too many stories of late-round picks or undrafted guys that come in the league and are studs immediately. So 
it makes sense. Um, it sucks for the running back position as a whole, and good luck fucking changing it, but it's just the way it is. So the running backs are the Mexicans of the NFL world. It's like, oh, bunch of hard work, no pay. <laughs> <laughs> But all they're the, all the running backs are just hanging outside at Home Depot. <laughs> you're, you're, yeah, you're just like a contract. college coach riding around. Who who carry who carry ball? <laughs> <laughs> I run hard, sir. <laughs> all right, my undervalued running back is going to be Miles Sanders, being drafted as the running back twenty-one right now, the forty-ninth overall. He uh, this year was reunited with uh, running back coach Deuce Staley. Uh, Deuce Staley was the Eagles running back coach in 2019. That was Sanders. He was a very good player for them back in the day, too. Very good player. That was Sanders' rookie year, Mm -hmm. uh, 2019. He had 50 receptions on 63 targets. Uh, They made it a point to utilize him through the air. And uh, that kind of changed once Deuce Staley left. Uh, for whatever reason, Sanders just didn't get as much work through the running, uh, through the passing game, probably because Carson Wentz was his quarterback. Um, <laughs> but it is what it is. Now he's back with Staley. Uh, uh, Deuce Staley already stated that he wants to get Sanders more work in the passing game. Uh, you know, and I think I, I just think Miles Sanders is going to be a true three-down back um, in this backfield. There's really no competition. He's been effective his entire career. There's a reason why they brought him in and paid him. Uh, you know, I think he sees he could see 300 plus touches this year, and if he does that, I mean, there's really not a chance that he doesn't produce for fantasy. And right now, he's a back end RB two. I think he could legitimately finish as an RB one uh, this year in Carolina. So, you know, rookie quarterback. They don't want to put it all on his shoulders. They showed they wanted to run the ball last year. I know it's a new coaching staff, but I'm sure they want to do the same thing with that offensive line. So, yeah, I think Miles Sanders, you know, I love drafting him as an RB2. This is a man pulling my heartstrings. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's your guy. I got one thing to say. I got one thing to say. Five yards of carry. Yes, five yards of carry. Five yards of fucking carry. It says him about like J.K. Dobbins, though. See, like I would rather with everything going on with J.K. right now, I'd rather draft Miles Sanders over J.K. I mean, you're drafting him around guys like J.K., um, like Damian Pierce, who I like as well, Alexander Madison. But you know, Madison, there's question marks. Pierce, there's question marks now with Singletary being in, in town. J.K. Dobbins isn't showing up to camp. You know, Miles Sanders, I think, is just. Yeah, gonna be a true workhorse. And Sanders also showed not just his rookie year, but like go back to his college years when he was backing up Saquon Barkley at Penn State. He was a killer receiver at the backfield. I mean, that's how he kind of made his money and got into the NFL in the first place. Right. So like he can absolutely catch the ball in the backfield, and they utilize him that way, which I would assume a rookie quarterback would as a checkdown. I just see that happening all day long. Yep, that's a good one. I like that. In Carolina last year, obviously they. Couldn't find any answer after CMC left. They were like, oh, yeah, we thought we are going to be okay, but not really. Well, I mean, Deontay um, Foreman was effective there last year, and I, I would argue Miles Sanders is a better running back than Deontay Foreman and Chuba Hubbard. But, yeah, you know, see, that's what I'm getting at. Yeah, it's like he those guys are doing way well. better. So yeah. I think it's 
a testament to the offensive line. Like they were running through massive holes. So uh, I, I just see that happening again. I think Miles Sanders is a better running back than both those guys. So yeah, I mean, I don't think it would shock any of us. Miles Sanders has the best season of his career. Which he fucking should finally. You've been on that hill for long enough. Dude. I don't want to watch you die on it. I'm it's okay dying on that hill. I'm okay dying on the hill by myself because that motherfucker can run. I will watch you from a distance. Reports also <laughs> like there's stuff on uh, Twitter where he's he's the first guy at practice every single day. Like every single hell day. yeah. Goddamn, who's the reporter that's there before him? <laughs> I think most of them are. I think they have to be there pretty much all day. So. That sounds like a horrible job. Um, okay, so I'll talk about my uh, undervalued running back. Do it real quick for you here. Damian Pierce, running back 15, number 44 overall. So, you know, he's going uh, in the middle of the fourth round, something like that. Uh, I think he's going way too low. He's a clear-cut running back, number one, on the Texans' offense. And last year, it, it took him a second to get the starting job, but he, he took it and basically kept hold of it until he got injured and missed like, the last like five weeks of the season, something like that. And during that time when he took over the backfield, he was doing 70% of snaps and 20 carries, which is pretty rare. That's something you want like out of your running back one, really. And I, I think that makes him extremely valuable because the, the people behind him, I, I just don't see them taking his spot. He is already on the team. He's shown what he can do. Behind him is Devin Singletary, a career backup. Mike Boone, career backup from the Broncos. Uh, Devin Singletary and Mike Boone have do- like both. They both showed promising things, but not enough. Not enough like Damian Pierce. So I think this is his backfield from the get go. You could legitimately get a top twelve running back in the middle of the fourth round. No, and I I would agree with that. I think. Uh, the addition of Singletary, Singletary is only there as a change of pace back. I don't think Singletary's ever shown that he can really be a true RB1. I think he's really made a change of pace. And Damian Pierce last year, I mean, we all know he was a pre-draft darling and a sleeper that everyone knew about. You know, it got to the point where, like, early in draft season, like, oh, man, I can pick up in, like, the 11th or 12th round. Fuck yeah. And by the time we drafted a week before the season, we were all gunning for him like the sixth round because we all knew we were all wanting him. Yep. Yeah. That's exactly what happened. If he didn't get injured, he would have he would have finished around where he should you know, the a proper exactly. draft position. I mean, he was like seventy yards from a thousand yard season his rookie year and he did miss five games. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my motherfucking dude right there, Damian Pierce, baby. He's a dog People and I love him. him. The only thing that worries me is new coaching staff that didn't draft Damian Pierce that decided to bring in Devin Singletary. But, but you got to think about like the offense themselves, right? So the quarterback they drafted was um, CJ Stroud. CJ Stroud. Not much has really changed with the offense besides the fact they have a rookie quarterback. Yeah. But two, and I say this all the time, they did hire a defensive coach to D'Amico Ryan's, right? Right. And defensive coaches love to control the game play defense, score just enough points on offense to win. And to do that, you need a strong running game. I think the way – it's more specifically the way Damian Pierce runs the ball. It's physical. It's hard-nosed as hell. It's He kind of runs the ball like an old-school back. And I think that's something that D'Amico Ryans is going to just love and want him to be the focal point of the offense. Yeah, I think it's money all day. Super undervalued. 
There are guys drafted above him that shouldn't be, in my opinion. And that's why he made my motherfucking list. <laughs> Who do you got? Uh, so my undervalued guy is going to be Aaron Jones. For whatever reason, he's going as the overall running back 16, overall 39. So he's going at the top end of the fourth round. But this seems like a guy who should be going at least a round earlier than he is. He's been a top 10 back for four straight seasons. Why is that going to change now when they're changing the offenses to a first-year starter in Jordan Love? And they're going to need him. They're going to need Aaron Jones to control the ball to give Jordan Love easy looks on off of play action, right? I understand that uh, A.J. Dillon's there, but we all thought A.J. Dillon's have a breakout year last year and didn't happen. James, I didn't say that. <laughs> yeah, you did. No, but like I, I just talked, I talked Aaron Jones up. Oh, okay. I mean, AJ Dillon just seems like he, he's a goal line guy. He's he's a, a big enough back to blow through and get, and get you that touchdown, but not dynamic enough to really do anything in the open field, right? So he's really only there for goal line sets. Um, Aaron Jones also set a career high last year in receptions. I would expect that to happen again this year. I think you're going to see Jordan Love checking the ball down a ton just because he is new to the game. He's going to look for that security blanket. Aaron Jones is going to be that guy for him, I feel like. And he's going to end up boosting that receptions record up a bunch this year. Also, the dude never misses games. In the last four seasons we've been a top 10 back, he has never missed more than two games in a year. The dude is just consistent on the field. He was actually hurt a lot last year and still played through the pain and just kept going, make sure he was on the field. Aaron Jones should absolutely be going um, early third, maybe back into the second. There's no way he should be dropping all the way down to the beginning of the fourth round. Uh, Wait, let's way just more convincing right than. Uh, <laughs> let's, keep, let's keep him right where he's at. <laughs> Please. You were way more convincing than James last year. <laughs> all I did, talked about last year was him getting more passing work. And what did he do, Tyler? Set a career high in receptions. Not as many as you oh, said. Not as many as you shit. said. It was like, it was like they're going to light him out wide. Dude, he was going even deeper in drafts last year. I'm pretty sure, and he finishes a top ten back. So if you would have listened to me and drafted him, you would have got a really good value. Nah, I don't listen to anything you say. That's why you <laughs> lose a lot. Oh, fuck you! I came out all right. Last all year. right, <laughs> got my money back. I came out positive. <laughs> Oh shit! Positive for gay. All right, overvalued. HIV actually. Receiver. Uh, this one kind of hurts my heart actually to have to do this, but um, I'm going. I think this it might be the year that Devonte finally uh, has a bad year. Hey, it was gonna be my guy if you didn't choose him. Devonte <laughs> Adams. Uh, receiver for the Las Vegas Raiders just, you know, just breaks my heart. But, you know, Derek Carr obviously was his quarterback last year. That's who he wanted to play with. What does Derek Carr do really well? Throws the ball down the field um, accurately. Thank you. And uh, makes big plays. The issue with that is, yes, Derek Carr can throw the ball well down the field. He's decent uh, in the mid-range as well. But Jimmy Garoppolo can't do a whole lot of any of that. Um, Devontae Adams' average, or his A-dot average depth of target was 12.8 yards yards last year. That was ninth amongst receivers that had at least 100 targets. 15.2 yards per reception, ranked fifth 
out of those receivers as well. So I just think, you know, it's it's going to be a rough year for Devontae Adams. I think it's going to be a rough year for the Raiders. I don't think they're going to be very good. What are they going to do with this Josh Jacobs situation? If for whatever reason he does end up getting traded, which there's whispers of that, um, you know, it's really just Devontae Adams and that's it on this entire offense and Jimmy Garoppolo leading the charge. And so it's pretty obvious what defenses are going to do. I still think Devontae Adams is one of the best receivers in the league, but um, I'm just really, really worried about the situation there and him getting the opportunity to be a, you know, a top five to six receiver like he's being drafted as. No, I, I totally agree with you. I don't think he'll probably have like one of the worst seasons of his career. We're talking like a, like his rookie year. I, I he, he might get a thousand yards, but it, this offense is going to be completely different. No, no one can really expect what's coming out of the Raiders offense. I myself am a huge Raiders fan. We don't know. They, they got Jacoby Myers, Hunter Renfro, uh, rookie tight end in Michael Mayer. Um, who they get? Um, Hunter, not Hunter. Who, who's the tight end from the Patriots? They got in Las Vegas. Yeah, Michael. Oh wait, what? They, they got a tight end from the Patriots. Basically, half the organization is the Patriots. But so Jimmy Hendrick? G can't throw the goddamn ball. I've been saying it for two years. Solomon no, Super Bowl. They got Austin Hooper. That's he wasn't from the Patriots. Came out. From, oh, he came no. from Cleveland. Yeah. Okay. Austin Hooper. So, um, not many good options. They're going to run the ball a lot and throw the ball short. That's what I see in this offense. Like um, a weak West Coast offense. I have no high expectations. This offense is going to be fucking horrible to watch. Yeah, I mean, who knows what happens with Devontae. Obviously, we all hope. I mean, the crazy thing, he could still get 1,000 yards, but you, based on what you're drafting him at, it's not worth that. Um, he's had seven straight seasons of top 15 play. Or, sorry, minus one, which he missed four games playing. Even then, still had three yards short of 1,000 yards. It's insane. I mean, and he has shown... Even like when Aaron Rodgers wasn't there, if he missed a couple games, like he still produced. So I hope that changes. But yeah, it's still one of those things like where he's being drafted at. It's it's just too high, and he, it has dropped actually because he was still going like the back end of the first round. Um, it's dropped a little bit to like the middle of the second, and now the eighth receiver overall. But that still seems just a little bit too high. I think I would rather take him back a receiver like ten or twelve. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, what, you're deciding over, like, A.J. Brown or him or, uh, yeah, if you look at it, A.J. Brown's 13th, he's 16th. Yeah, so, I mean, even, like, Garrett Wilson, like, the two guys after him, Garrett Wilson and Amon Ross St. Brown, I would rather, at this point, I would rather have either of those guys. Yeah, I think that's fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sounds horrible, but I totally agree. And you're right, it, like, that does hurt because Devontae's been such a f- fucking stud and one of the most consistent players we've had in fantasy over the last five years yeah it's one of those points where like where skill set doesn't really matter it matters about the situation yeah i think he is like qb proof to a degree though like yeah i mean jimmy garoppolo number one can't stay healthy and number two isn't that good when he is healthy so he's garbage honestly i think he'll have better numbers if aiden o'connell their rookie quarterback starts over him and then you're i mean (laughs) And you're drafting this guy as your second player. 
You know what I mean? Like they have to hit. It has to be a good yeah. pick. So no, it's just I, a lot I'm of risk. I'm telling you, dude. Everything I've been reading from training camp. Let me tell you this. Jimmy G, uh, they did seven on seven drills in red zone. He threw three picks. <laughs> and the Raiders defense is in the horrible. Red zone, it's not even that's not even against you have to throw it long. It's the red zone. Like you're doing short intermediate passes, which he's supposed to be good at anyway. Three, three picks. One was to a linebacker. Yeah, that's terrible. This, right. this is just the real news as I'm seeing it. Okay. Homeboy's been throwing picks every single day in camp, first of all. But that was a especially bad one. So um all right, on to watch your pen ultimate pick here <laughs> uh, my yes my whatever the fuck you just said um <laughs> okay say overvalued running back or wide receivers yes cooper cup baby oh that's what i'm God, doing you're such an idiot am i though? Oh, so that, all, that also hurts because he's a local boy he's yes. literally in our backyard i, I don't want to like go against him but uh, wide receiver three my number five pick i think that's too high I just, I personally, I'm not really about it. I love him, but um, it's too white. I, I feel there's other players I would rather have in my <laughs> team, like on my team. So last year, his season ended with an ankle injury, and uh, recently just happened. He tweeted his hamstring. Apparently, it seems to be pretty serious, and they expect him to miss a couple of weeks. He's day to day, is what I saw. Is he day to day? I heard week to week, beginning of the season. No, dude. He 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 might not practice for a couple okay. weeks, but he'll be there week one. I got a fallback to go back on. It doesn't matter. So the guy's going after him: Tyreek Hill, uh, Stephon Diggs. I'd rather have them. More consistent. They've played every game. They haven't been injured, and they finished top five every single year. Yes. I mean, the other thing is, it's not like you're talking about your fifth overall pick. So you also have guys that are like Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Saquon Barkley, Bijan Robinson. Did you see what Cooper Cup was doing before he got like, hurt? In that year? area. No, I know. He was on a better pace than he was the year before. It's insane. All right. I saw what he was doing the one year. The year before, he finishes number 26 in Hold PPR. On. What are you saying? Hold right on. Now? Look at last year's before he got hurt. It, it is insane. Look it's at, impressive. It's impressive. 25 points, 25 points, 14, 19, 22, and 13, which is the game he got hurt in. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. No, that was the bye week. 18, yeah. 21. He was literally on pace to beat what he did the year before, but then he also had the injury to Matthew Stafford. I think that's honestly what I think that's the thing that actually hurts Cup the most in this is we don't know what Matthew Stafford's going to be. See, it's a bad situation, and honestly, I, uh, the only reason he's on this list because I would rather have Tyreek Hill or Stephon Diggs at that point in the draft. I'm not taking that risk on him. I will. I think there's an, argu- there's an argument to be made that he's, I mean, up there with Chase and Jefferson, in my opinion. He is, but not with this offense, and I'm not drafting him in that spot. I want the guys who have been – Tyreek Hill's offense has changed because he went to Miami, but nothing really changed for him. And Diggs has been consistently in the top five the last three years that he's been there. The only Buffalo. other thing I would say to that – is that um, the year that he that they went to the Super Bowl with Jared Goff? He was still the receiver five, and that's when Goff wasn't actually. That's was the one year in LA that Goff actually did play well. Um, so there is a chance that even if Matthew Stafford doesn't play great, or he gets hurt and they have to go to backup, that he could, as long as he stays healthy, Cooper Cup does kind of seem like he is 
quarterback proof. I mean, he gets an insane amount of targets every single game. That's true. Insane amount of targets. Yes, he does. I'm not saying he doesn't deserve to be drafted in that area, but I'd rather have Diggs or Hill. And that's why he's. I mean, he did average last year like 12 or 13 targets a game before the injury. Is it yeah, just which, the which quarterback thing, or is it a Cooper Cup thing? It's, it's an offense thing. Yeah, if he was on a better offense, I would. It's the same love offense. him. It. I'm not into it. <laughs> but he's he was the number one fantasy football player overall out of all receivers and running backs in that offense last year for about more than almost yeah more than half the season. Right. Will he stay healthy? Will the offense be I think, good? I mean, what, he got hurt one time last year? But it was ankle, and now his hamstring's fucked up. I'm rolling with it. Everyone tweaks a hammy here and there. I mean, that's not – he's day-to-day. Nah, that's a white thing. <laughs> it's not that serious of a <laughs> hamstring injury. It's something that can linger. Hamstrings can linger, but – He's also probably not going to play a single snap in the preseason just no. to make sure nothing happens. Why would he? He wasn't going to do that anyway. That's true. Honestly, Trey, I see your point. I do see your point on that. I don't think I lean towards it myself either, but I do see where you're coming from with it. I can see there's some risk involved. There's, I mean, absolutely there's risk involved. There's risk involved with everyone. Tyree Kill, like, is Tua going to survive three games before he gets knocked the fuck out? <laughs> like, who knows? No, he's probably going to die next time he gets <laughs> yeah, fucking sacked. So, and then what happened? Then it's, you know, whoever they have there, I think it's Mike White, which – might not be uh, bad, but um, probably the wide decision. You know, there's risk with everyone involved, but I just think the volume that Cooper Cup saw is just man. I can't pass that up. Like, if it all works out and Matthew Stafford is there all year and healthy, and Cooper Cup is there and healthy, like he sh- he'll probably finish number one overall. It's a good chance. Mm. We'll see. Uh, Justin Jefferson might have something to say about that, but. Um, anyways, my overvalued guy, honestly, I, when I was looking through the receivers, I felt like most guys were going probably where I would expect to draft them anyways. Um, but I did land on Drake London. So right now he is being drafted as a receiver 24, 59th overall. So he's really being drafted right there as a wide receiver 2. But last year he finishes as a wide receiver 31. And we all know this offense, and they're going to run the absolute fuck out of the football with Bajon Robinson and Tyler Algier backing him up, right? And I just bring back in Kyle Pitts, who I know had a down year last year as well, but he's going to be back. If he does get injured, he'll be back for a full season, unlike last season. Um, I just don't see where he's going to get the increase in production to get to give him a wide receiver two uh, draft position. It doesn't make. It, I just don't see that happening. And so for me, he's being drafted probably about a round or a round and a half to two rounds earlier than it should be. Yeah, really talented, mm-hmm. but I'm with you. I, you know, run first offense. It's gonna take. Uh, it's gonna take, you know, his basically rookie quarterback to be pretty effective to have, you know, uh, be able to support him and Kyle Pitts at, at where they're being drafted. So, yeah, I'm with you. I think he's overvalued. Yeah, it, it's like base best case scenario, really. Yeah, yeah, he it is being drafted right there. The best case scenario, right? And I just. I can't see that happening until something we see something different in the offense. All right. My undervalued wide receiver is Tyler Lockett. 
This one's pretty Thief. easy. We had a little bit of argument on who got Tyler Lockett. <laughs> and uh, I guess, you know, I, I, I weathered the storm and Tyler bailed. So I got That's him. Right. I just found another choice. I was like, all right, I'll go with this one instead. I stole Tyler's Tyler. Um, and I thought I'd lock it up. So uh, this one's easy. I mean, he's being drafted as the wide receiver 28. I mean, realistically, before you go into it, Tyler Lockett has always been criminally undervalued when it comes to drafting him. Right. I would agree with that. I've probably been someone who's done that in the past, uh, but no longer do I do that. I've done a lot of best ball drafts, mock drafts, and I've basically drafted him in every single one of those drafts in the sixth round. Um, I absolutely love the value. You know, in the last over the last five years, he's finished as the wide receiver thirteen, the wide receiver thirteen, the wide receiver nine the wide receiver 14, and then the wide receiver 15. So basically at wide receiver 28, you're drafting, you know, usually your wide receiver three. He's almost guaranteed to finish as a wide receiver two, maybe a wide receiver one, even if things go your way. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously the only real risk here is that JSN is better out the gate than we all expect him to be. And even he'd have to be really damn good to be able to, to remove from Tyler Lockett. The biggest thing here too, though, <clears throat> his own teammate DK Metcalf is going three rounds higher than he is. DK is being drafted as a receiver 15 at pick 35. And over the last three seasons, uh, what were the la- Tyler Lockett's last three again? 13, 13 and nine DK Metcalf in that exact same time frame is 16, 14, seven. Yeah. But he's going three rounds earlier. They right. basically put up the exact same stats for three straight seasons, and there's no reason to think that that's going to change, honestly, but you're getting a way, way better value in Tyler Lockett being drafted in the sixth round than you will with DK Metcalf in the third. Yeah, the the value is just too good there. I, like I said, I've gotten him in pretty much every single draft I've been involved in. So, And, you know, to the JSN point, I think JSN's talented. I think he'll be good. I don't think he'll overtake Tyler Lockett in year one. I don't think – Pete Carroll coaches like that. That's just not the Pete Carroll way in Seattle. It's gonna, you know, Tyler Lockett's a fucking legend there. Like, yeah, it, it'll it'll really take him being absolute dog shit for them to to completely push him out of the picture. No, exactly. And I think JSN does take some targets away and some value away, but I still don't see any reason why Tyler Lockett doesn't finish as a top twenty receiver this season. Yeah. All right. Next. <laughs> oh, I'm next. Whoever, yeah, Under you've been going receiver. next hey. the entire time. Yes, well, so people game on this one right here. Ooh. My wide receiver that's undervalued this year is going to be Amari Cooper. Whoa, the pooper scooper, huh? I done turned a full 180 on my man. It's about fucking time. I loved him, then I hated him, then I loved him. It's a toxic relationship. <laughs> <laughs> I fell in love, and he beat me, and I left. But I came back because I love him. <laughs> All right, no, come back for Mo. It makes true sense. Love. He's been, he's been, he was great in Cleveland last year. He really was. He did totally fantastic, and that's exactly why I'm back. So, um, honestly, to me, it's surprising for someone who, in my opinion, is like the clear cut wide receiver one in this room, and on an offense where. They're probably going to throw the ball a lot more because Deshaun Watson didn't start playing until what was like the last four or five weeks. Six. It was six weeks, right? And uh, to be fair, when Watson came back, Cooper's numbers did take a hit. 
He was killing it with Jacoby Brissett before Watson came back. They took a hit. They went down when Watson was there. But that's his wide receiver one. After Amari Cooper, it's like Donovan Peoples-Jones and somebody else I can't even think of. The kid from the Jets they traded for. The kid from who? Elijah. Elijah Moore? Yeah. Okay, yeah. This is Amari Cooper's offense. No, okay. but I mean, okay, Elijah Moore did show really good promise in New in New York and then just for whatever reason got on the wrong side of the coaching staff and the quarterback. I don't know what happened. He's super talented. But I do agree. Amari Cooper is going to be the wide receiver one there. I think his production fall off really was just because Deshaun Watson it was trying to figure out how to play in the NFL again. Um, I do expect oh, exactly. Deshaun Watson to be better this year. I Again, I already said he, I think he's being overdrafted. But I do expect him to be better, and I expect Amari Cooper to still have another very, very good year. Yeah, Amari Cooper did that with someone who you wouldn't, you, you like, wouldn't hope to start a quarterback, which will be reset most of the year. But Cooper was putting up wide receiver one numbers, more or less, more of the season. Well, yeah, I mean, he did finish as a receiver 10 overall. Yeah, he was absolutely killing it, and I assume the quarterback play should be better this year, hopefully after a full offseason and them being with together being with each other whatever <laughs> it should be good it should be better that's all i'm saying mari cooper why is your one better on the together yeah it should be better to get it no i like a mari cooper i think he's undervalued as well for sure tyler yeah my undervalued receiver is gonna be uh after james stole tight locker for me uh it's gonna be <laughs> terry mclaurin um he's been your draft as a receiver 21 right now overall 51 but every year he's gotten better, nice. even though it's not because of his quarterback play. His quarterback play has been atrocious. Last year he played with Carson Wentz, Taylor Heineke, and then Sam Howell. Uh, <laughs> I mean, not exactly Hall of Famers there, right? So All but, ballers. Yeah, but last no. year he literally finished as, as the receiver 14, so he's being drafted well after what he actually finished last year, and that was still with subpar quarterback play. Uh, Austin Sports is saying that him and Sam Howell are building a really good connection, and so I expect that to be good. And even though Sam Howell might not start the season, at least if he doesn't, he has a very professional quarterback in his place in Jacoby Brissett. Jacoby Brissett doesn't play favorites, but he's a very solid quarterback. He's not going to you know blow anybody over, but he's a good professional quarterback. That's the best way I can say it. Yeah, we were just talking about this. He supported he, Amari Cooper. Yeah, he supported Amari there Cooper most of the season. Exactly. So why would that not still happen with Scary Terry this year? Um, Who's I a expect, wide receiver? Yeah, he, he's a more talent. I would say Scary Terry is a more talented receiver than Amari Cooper overall. At this point, yes, but not as yeah. productive. So I just, for him being drafted as a receiver 21, when he's more than likely going to finish more as a top 12 receiver, is just insane. I like it. Yeah, I like I like Scary Terry a lot. Um, when I my drafts where you know I only got one receiver through the first uh, whatever rounds, and I'm looking for my Probably wide receiver f- two, four or five rounds. Yeah, that's that guy I've picked uh, a number of times. So did, did you put on there his draft value? Oh, uh, receiver twenty one, overall fifty one. Okay, it's so like mid four. Yeah, yeah. early four. So it'd be like if you went two running backs and one early five because grabbed a quarterback in twelve rounds. You're talking about forty eight. So you're talking about early fifth round. But if I'm driving mid fourth, baby, yeah, for sure, he should be going like easily. End of, I don't see why he should be going like end of the third or early fourth. I just don't. Mm-hmm. 
All right, my overvalued tight end. Yes, it's him. It's that man, Kyle Pitts. That's my overvalued tight end. Preach, brother. Eh, you know, um, look, I just even where he's being drafted, I think in like the sixth round, I just don't want to do it. Um, I just don't want to do it. I, I don't want to pay a six-round price tag. People are talking about that like it's a value just because of his name and his rookie season that he had with a veteran, talented quarterback, you know, and Matt Ryan. T- say whatever you want to say about him, but he was a former MVP. Um, uh, no pocket presence, but, yeah, keep going. Yeah, but we also – Matt Ryan didn't have a good year still that year. He went to Indianapolis and all of a sudden shit the bed like he had never played football before. Right. So and it was just a completely different offense. Good you times. Know, essentially, he has a rookie quarterback right now. He's got a head coach that wants to run the ball more than anyone else in the league. That just drafted probably the most talented running back we've seen since Saquon. So they're gonna run the ball a lot, especially with a rookie quarterback. Um, last year he had what three hundred and fifty yards and a couple touchdowns. Did have the injury, but. I just don't want to deal with it. And at his current ADP, uh, there's just players at other positions that I like more taking in that round, um, i.e. Tyler Lockett, who's always going in the same round. And so that's why I'm never drafting Kyle Pitts. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, there's other tight ends, I think, later in the draft that I'd be willing to take a chance on that are in better situations. No, absolutely. I mean, that's – it's literally bulletproof in terms of like that rationale. Um, yeah. <laughs> well done. Uh, well done, Jim. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, pretty good point. Um, kind of like we were talking about earlier. Like, someone like who, who, like, they could come through for you, but most likely they won't. Huge risk reward. I mean, there's there's just so that. many tight ends after him that are, you know, like, if you're going to draft a guy right around that same position or that same ADP, like Dallas Godare, I would much rather have Dallas Godare. Oh, yeah. absolutely. You know, even absolutely. You know, Darren Waller, I would much rather have Darren Waller, who's going a decent amount after him. Hell, yeah. You know, Evan Ingram's going way after him, and I would probably rather have Evan Ingram. Oh, I think someone has a, something to say about that, but we'll see later. <laughs> uh, I'm just saying, like, I'm not excited to draft Evan Ingram, but if I'm going to take a tight end there, like – you shouldn't be excited about shit tight end wise besides the top three. Right. You're taking a fucking risk. It's just like, okay, hopefully this guy doesn't fuck me this year. And honestly, even that, it's really after the top one because Mark Andrews is the consensus tight end two, but he didn't have a great year last year either. Honestly, you're right, and it's depressing. It's bad. Yeah, so um, speaking of, George Kittle almost made my list because I think he is slightly overrated. But he is still extremely valuable to that offense, so I did not choose him. I chose Chig and Quanco. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ch- Chico ZM. Uh, Quanco. Uh, Chico ZM. Quanco. Uh, uh, whatever. He goes by Chiggy. Yeah, the tight end for the Titans. Figure it out. You can Google it. That's his fucking name. Tight end 13, number 123 overall. I'm just not impressed with him so far. I don't see all like the hype about him. Um, there are guys available in similar rounds to him, like Cole Komet and Michael Mayer, and I'd much rather take a risk on those guys. 
Pretty simple to me. The hype surrounding Chig is just his kind of hybrid type of role and play style and ability. It's but, more it's more of like a large receiver that's you know, he's not really a tight end, but Oh, you know, I get that, but like what's what's changed with the offense, with the coaching or anything? I, I don't see why you would expect anything different from what happened in his rookie year. Obviously probably a slight increase. Because, you know, he's more experienced he's, now. He wasn't utilized to, like, I don't even know what week, but it, it took a while to get him involved. The only thing that's really changed in this offense is they have DeAndre Hopkins now. He was also playing behind Austin Hooper last year. Yeah. That's a good And point. it wasn't until, like, the second half of the season where he started to kind of break out and be an actual part of the offense. And then everyone saw he's pretty athletic. The other thing I'd say about it is I don't – I mean, how do you view him as overvalued when, you know, he's going 123 overall? Like, you know what I mean? He's not even in the first 12 tight ends being drafted. I like where most tight ends are being placed. And if you're like me, I punt tight end usually. And I'm looking in this area between like, you know, like 90 and 130 overall to draft my tight end because because i don't want to draft my tight end too early unless i'm getting someone like travis kelsey so at this point i'm looking for like deep values and when i get to that point in the draft like i said earlier he is not even a blip to me compared to like cole Komet or michael mayer players like that i'd much rather have those guys okay much more involved more prominent offenses. I just don't see things changing for him much. I do like who he is as like a profile. I just don't see it working. No, I mean the offense, you know, makes you know the situ- like we said earlier, the situation makes a lot of differences there. So it's hard to it's hard to say like as at that point, and it's a guy you are taking an absolute flyer on. Should I take Sam Laporta over him? <laughs> and I don't even like him. <laughs> All right, <laughs> not getting right. chiggy with it. Apparently, nah, 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 I like nah, Chig. Nah, nah, nah. I think Chig is nah, nah, a little nah, undervalued. Nah, nah. I like but him, but just not in that situation. I'm telling you, it's not going to work in the Titans. I just don't see it. I mean, this is the uh, Titan expert here. That's true. Come on, baby, tight ends and defenses. <laughs> that's it. That's his bread and butter. So, um, all right, my overvalued tight end. I'm going with Evan tight end in- and D. Evan Ingram. <laughs> Tight end, being drafted as a tight end right right now, overall eighty. And all honestly, we've just seen this goddamn movie too many times. I will admit, really? I will admit, he had a good season last year, like surprising to everybody because everyone of that finally jumped off the bandwagon. But I think too many people are jumping back onto it too quickly. It was the first time in his entire career, six years, that he even came close to the tight tight end, uh, top ten tight end. He was a tight end what five or six last year. But yep. we've seen him fall off the map. We've seen him be non-existent within within the you know the offense. And are we really sure he can replicate what he did last year when the Jaguars are now introducing a receiver in Calvin Ridley, who's a true number one receiver? I understand he's coming off the suspension and he hasn't played in a while, but that dude fucks. <laughs> 
right. Hey, hey, yeah. All right. I'm just I'm just putting it out there like that. I mean, he has sex. I've seen it. <laughs> I'm just saying, like he's a he true <laughs> number one receiver, right? I mean, he the last time he played a full season, he put up more than 1,500 yards. I mean, he had a hell of a season. He's a true number one receiver. That you still have to deal with Christian Kirk getting his numbers, Travis Etienne out of the backfield. I just don't see Evan Ingram replicating being a top ten tight end this year. I honestly, uh, I do see it. I, I agree with you for the most part, but things have changed in the tight end landscape recently. Well, it's been like that for a while, but so let's just say last year he had seven hundred sixty yards and four touchdowns. Finish as the wide receiver five. Or tight end five, right? Two years before, six hundred fifty yards, one touchdown. Kind of a big difference. Finish as a number twenty. So it's like, honestly, if he like, kind of replicates what happens last year, he's a starting tight end. Yeah, the my my my, my issue is that with his offense, I kind of see him going like maxing out of five hundred yards and a couple of touchdowns. That's my issue. I just see there's too much competition in the offense now. Because like one wide receiver, yeah, but he's like the wide receiver. No, he he's gonna be a baller. I believe <laughs> it. I believe in you. But at the same time, I mean, I, I can see him finishing like around the same numbers again. I mean, you think about it. Think about like the season he had last year, right? But then add in a guy who can easily get twelve hundred yards. Where are the yards then for Evan Ingram? They come from Travis Etienne because he's gonna get injured. He ain't gonna play. Okay, honestly, I don't know. That's a good question. All right. Good pick there, Tyler. <laughs> uh, we're moving on. Let's wrap this thing up. Undervalued tight end, Dalton Kincaid. Uh, for me, yes, he's a rookie. He's going as the tight end 15 right now. I think that's the only reason why. Um, I think people look at him as, and you know, say, oh, he's a rookie tight end, and they look at him in that light. And I just don't think. It's similar to how Trey looks at Jameer Gibbs and says, oh, he's just a running back. It's not just a tight end or just a running back. I think – I've never said to myself, that's just a tight end. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe I have, but not football-wise. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's going to – you know, Don Kincaid's going to play way more than just tight end. Like, reports are that – Dorsey has uh, had a kind of concerted effort to get Kincaid involved early with the first team offense, um, which is, you know, questions that people brought up at first. Is Dawson Knox still going to be the starter? Sure, they're both going to play, but different positions, um, different roles. So he's going to be involved with the first team offense from from the very get-go. They've been utilizing him out of the slot in most 12 personnel sets, according to reports including in the red zone. He's a six foot four, 200 pound kind of athletic freak um, weapon. He didn't play football until his senior year of high school, played all these other weird uh, rich white guy sports. Um, lacrosse. <laughs> I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> like, lacrosse. Yeah. <laughs> but that just shows that he has, he's already as good as he is. Like, he, I mean, he has room to get even it's better. It's pretty insane that he became a second round pick in the NFL draft after five years of playing football. Yes. And so that just shows, like, he's raw. He still can get better. Um, and I, I, I don't think they're relying on him to be a dominant run blocker. They don't need him to be. They still have Dawson Knox there. They have other guys that can do that. He's going to be used as a receiving threat. I think he could be the top 
the second weapon in this offense, and I think next year his ADP could be much, much higher than it is right now. I am on record from our last episode saying that I believe uh, Don Kincaid will be the second leading receiver on this team. And really? That, uh, yeah. And that alone will put him in top 10 tight end territory. Oh, oh yeah, definitely. Easy. You think it's going to be that easy, though? Like, Dawson Knox, he had that weird little thing that happened, like, you know, it's already two happening. seasons ago. It's already happening. I mean, if they didn't, if they believed in Dawson Knox to be that type of a player receiver, they wouldn't have drafted Dalton Kincaid in the first round, first tight end off the board, and arguably the best tight end class we've had. Oh, wait, did he go first? Had. I said he went second. I'm, my bad. He was the first tight end off the board in the NFL draft. He was, yes. But they traded last up year, Dawson Knox consistently playing like 85% of snaps. They got faith in the boy. Yeah, that's all they had. <laughs> but all, at the same I mean, time. What do you mean that's all they had? No, no, no. But at the same time, at what he's saying. At the, what, well, yeah. He's not gonna, but he's going to play a lot more in the slot than a tight end. There's going to be. I'm almost guaranteed that you're going to see them have similar snap percentages, but it's because Dawson Knox is playing tight end and Dalton Kikeg's in the slot. It's like that. Yeah, it's like that. Am I really like missing? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Honestly, he did the same thing in college. He didn't. He was very rarely an inline tight end. He played a ton of slot. Can he run block? Doesn't That's need not to. His role <laughs> doesn't matter. Doesn't fucking matter. He's. They're playing him. Dalton right Kincaid can run block. Reports. It's like. Um, or I'm sorry, Dawson Knox. Kelsey type of role where he's all over the field and. Well, okay. Then why not have him a receiver then? Huh? Because it's fun to put him at he's tight end. Six foot four, two hundred and forty pounds. He's a mismatch. Mismatch for. He's fifteen more pounds than Mike Williams. And only five more pounds than DK Metcalf. He can't run like that. Anyways, See? I'm just saying, I'm saying, like you can make him a receiver. No, but that's the way tight ends work, right? You put him in the slot, then you then there, he's lined up against strong safeties and linebackers. He's going to outrun. Or if they put a nickel on him, he's just going to outpower him. That's the great thing about having that tight end mismatch. Okay, so I'm with you guys. I'm just throwing these he's, questions. He's out athletic enough like, to do it. Like, okay, you guys are you're convincing for sure. The only risk with him is that he is a rookie, and so it could just not work out. But they've invested and in, so and by much me, into him. In this podcast, has been very heavily stated that there's only been 1,000 yard rookie tight end since Mike Ditka, and that was Kyle Pitts. That was 50 years span. I think Dalton fifty years span. Good. He could get close to that record. But times don't change, baby. Back in the day, you could work one job and hate it and support a family of like three kids <laughs> and a wife and have like a car and a house. No, and I agree. I don't think I don't think Kincaid gets to 1,000 yards this year, but it's going to be probably seven or 800 yards and a half dozen touchdowns, and that's way more than enough to be a top 10 tight end. Oh, fuck. Okay. Well, let me talk about my tight end, rookie, undervalued. Um, I don't think he'll do that damn good, but fuck. <laughs> I've been sleeping on somebody. Michael Mayer, Raiders tight end. Homer. For that, Titers. <laughs> you threw me off with that. How many more Raiders can we get on this list here? How many do I got? Or X Raiders. Raiders or X Raiders. I can't help it. I know the, <laughs> I know what's going on. Michael Mayer being drafted at tight end 18, 158 overall. Um as we just spoke about, Coppice is the only tight end to get close to breaking um, Mike Dicka's record of 10, what is it, no, 1,076 over, yards? Yeah, he did break the record. Did he break it? Yeah, he broke it. Okay. Um, if there's anyone that's capable, I think Michael Mayer is on this offense. 
Only because a thousand yards in the Las Vegas Raiders yes, offense. Only because you only... can run block. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's a huge part. Because Jimmy Garoppolo can't throw the goddamn ball. I'm telling you, Michael Mayer is going to be his security blanket. He's going to love him. Uh, a thousand yards, honestly, I think is like super egregious. But I think he'll be a top twelve tight end. He'll be totally worthy of having. And he's tied in 18 right now. So, Michael Mayer, get him on your motherfucking squad. He's competing with Austin Hooper. It doesn't matter. Michael Mayer is the most complete tight end to be drafted into the league as a tight end. Um, <laughs> That's how much he respects your picker. Yeah, I don't give a shit, dude. <laughs> All right, Tyler, who's yours? I'm not saying you're Michael wrong. May, Michael May, you fuck off, dude. <laughs> oh, man. All right, so Piece my undervalued <laughs> <laughs> my undervalued tight end is we Darren Waller. Right now he's going as the tight end. Oh seven. no, too many Raiders, dude. Too yeah, many Raiders. Okay. Raiders. Except he's the only Raider on my list. You have three. You don't have to count all on the, it, dude. All on the undervalued side, by the Let way. The people count. You don't have <laughs> to count. Of course, of course people count, dude. It's not uh, a thing. It's all right. Anyways, Darren coincidence. Waller, ex Raider, new Giant. Holler at him. Tight end seven right now, overall 66. Um, in Waller's entire career, he's always played this game more like a receiver than a tight end anyways, right? The Giants literally have nobody on their entire roster who, outside of Saquon Barkley, who can consistently catch the football. Uh, it's already been said that Darren Waller has been a standout in, in camp. Um and as long as Daniel Jones doesn't take a major step back this year, I have no reason seeing that Waller doesn't lead this team in receiving this year. I know James mentioned that earlier when he's talking about Danny Dimes. Um, and if that's the case, then Darren Waller more than likely finishes a top three tight end this year. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm totally with you. <laughs> Jimbo over here is fucking with, with our dog. <laughs> this is... That's why we're that's why we're giggling. We're giggling because he blacked out everything you wrote about Darren Waller <laughs> while you're talking about but it. But you believe the same thing. You said oh, the exact Hayden same thing I did when dude. you were talking about Danny. Dimes. I know, I know, I did. I just did it because no, it honestly, was funny. You guys are boring me. <laughs> Whatever, dude. <laughs> no, Darren Waller. I think good pick. He's not boring at all. First of all, honestly, great pick for undervalued. I would have chose him if you didn't already choose him. Um, Got you that doc first, homie. Motherfucker, you write the document. Yeah, what I wrote it yesterday. I didn't put it in my picks until today. Oh, or you? I at? thought you like send it when it's ready. I nah. don't know, dude. I do things that aren't important. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Darren Waller, very great value. Being undervalued, just because he's on like a new, uh, new squad, new area. I don't think it matters. He honestly, I would not be surprised if on this offense he finishes as one of the, like the most receiving yards. No, he's gonna yes. lead, I think he leads the team in receiving. Yeah, so he, he's a great pick. I think yeah. more than likely he probably ends up with like 1,200 yards this year, as long as he stays healthy, obviously, which has not been his forte. I would like to say his ADP, but I can't see it. 66. Uh, overall? Yeah. Oh, so he's still going like pretty high, like being in the fifth? Seventh round. Sixth round. Mm-hmm. Honestly, yeah. that, uh, that seems about right. He goes anywhere between like the fifth to seventh round. Yeah, That's the but I mean, if you can honestly, I think if he's gonna be a tight end three, then obviously he should be being drafted where 
Hawkinson and Pitts are, which is like the oh, fourth the, round. Oh, which Kittle, is Kittle's right or tight end. Yeah, right and now. Kittle too. So like, realistically, I think where he's going to finish, he's going to finish where he should have been drafted two to three rounds higher than he is. That'd be nice. It's going to be an interesting season. I'm stoked that this is the last weekend I have to deal with where it's a Sunday and I can't watch football. For surely. And we got to wrap this thing up because it's, it's been, been a long way year, too long. Yeah, it's been way too <laughs> long. Um, so appreciate you all listening. Um, again, catch us on Twitter at the FF Fathers. Oh, I mean on the X <laughs> And then uh, throw up the X and then um, subscribe, like, rank, all that goody good good. And uh, we'll catch you guys on the next episode. All right. Hey, if you want that next episode, it's like DMX, baby. X gonna give it to you. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, let's ride out of here on the X. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye.